Amber put this whole weekend together. Could you just give her a, yes. Amber's a rock star. She's awesome. She's going to introduce our speaker. If you weren't here yesterday and don't have any contacts for him, she's going she's gonna to give us some. But what a great weekend. We're so thankful, Justin, that you're here. You've taken the time to come be with us. And not just like for a Sunday, but come in and, and on a Saturday. He flew in Friday night, so it's a long time away from your family. And you can imagine he travels all the time, so it's a lot of travel. Um, but just to invest in us, you know, and then come here on Sunday as well. And so we thank you. Thank you for your time and for coming up. Give us some context. Welcome, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So I see a lot of people who were here yesterday and some new faces, too. So I wanted to just share the backstory again real quick for those of you who don't know just um to give honor to what god is doing because i feel like um i don't know like there are moments you just don't want to miss him you don't want to miss what he's doing so um uh yeah we had it in our heart to just look to the global church like hey where are people at we, we know where we're going we know where god's calling us just to deeper things in him and to manifest his presence and um you know, we want to see the sick healed and the dead raised and people delivered. And we want to see salvation in the house. I mean, we see it, but we just want to, when we want to see increase. We want to see a harvest. Um, so um, we just have that heart. And, um, yeah, so um, the roundabout way is we invited Justin to come. And he's got a pretty full schedule um, through, like, 2020, I think. And um, I just said, Pastor, why don't we just give it a shot? I don't know. And um, I didn't expect to hear, honestly, anything back. And about a week later, he called back. Um, and he was traveling, and he saw our website and felt impressed, like, I should come. Um, so he stuck us in, like, right in the middle of his year this year. Um, and we're just excited to have him. I mean, he is passionate about the Lord. He is passionate to see believers raised up and who they are in Christ. He's passionate just to destroy lies and to see the presence of God manifest um, so I want you guys to open your hearts this morning. Um, if anything you say challenges you or is even unique or something you haven't heard of, I just want you to have an open heart to be like, maybe I need to be challenged in that area, or maybe my mind needs to be renewed in that area, or just, um, yeah, if you feel that resistance, I just encourage you to just ask Holy Spirit, like, Lord, reveal yourself to me in that moment you feel it, just to be tenderhearted to the Lord this morning, um, just to be open. So without further ado, I just ask Justin to come up and share the word of the Lord today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, good morning. How are you doing? My name is Justin. I'm excited to be with you. We've had a great time uh, this weekend so far. Had a, just a great time getting to know you guys and uh, feeling right at home, feeling like family, feeling like Super familiar in a good way, you know, like, uh, like this is this is good, and uh, uh, like like Amber said, I, I'm an associate uh, minister uh, for the Ministries of Global Awakening, uh, spiritual son of sorts of Dr. Randy Clark. If you don't know anything about Dr. Randy Clark, he was the guy ministering in Toronto at the Airport Fellowship when the glory of God hit in 1994, resulting in uh, one of the greatest modern day revivals, uh, referred to as the Toronto Blessing. That's my spiritual papa, that's my boss, that's my friend. And uh, I had the privilege and honor of spending um, about nine months traveling the world with him. Uh, I went to a lot of nations, ministered to thousands and thousands of people. I saw radical miracles, like you, you name it, I've probably seen it. 
and things you can't even fathom in your mind I've seen. Like you just can't unsee it. And I'm thoroughly convinced that the glory of God and the goodness of God are realities in this life. It's not just me trying to get my hopes up and maybe one day um, God might prove himself to be good. He's good anyways. He's good whether you believe it or not. And he is constantly proving himself all the time. If we have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, uh, we can be... Uh, really, really utilized and partner with the glory of God to see the kingdom come. We believe in our ministry that every believer uh, carries authority, that every believer carries the nature of God inside of them, nature of Christ in them. The Bible says, um, or Jesus said, you'll do the same works and greater. The Bible says you'll do the same works as Jesus and greater works. I would like to just do some of the cool stuff Jesus did, and he's talking about greater. So we need to get to getting, right? And we need to figure it out. So um, I, in the last three years, my, my life has uh, had a radical acceleration on it, and uh, I was a bivocational minister. I've been in local church ministry. Um, I was with a local church for eight or nine years, uh, serving as like a house prophet and a, uh, a local pastor, youth pastor. I've been everything that you can have, every position you could have in a church I've had. Um, you know, I've cleaned toilets, I've built stages, I've stacked chairs, I've preached conferences, I've done graphics. You know, if you stick around church long enough, you'll figure out how to do everything. <laughs> I have done it all, but the last, uh, last three years I have traveled full-time nationally and internationally. Currently I'm traveling about 180 days a year preaching the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, signs, wonders, and miracles following every believer. Uh, we, I'm telling you, I don't care what you've heard, the state of the global church is good. God is on the move, the kingdom is advancing, and the devil can't do a thing about it. So ha, ha, ha. Um, I am... <laughs> I have this, this maybe a core value in my life that I think God is gooder than the devil is bad, right? <laughs> People like to talk about how bad the devil is. I, God's better than the devil is bad. Um, I, you know, I don't know what your theology is, but I promise God's better than the devil is bad. Um, I've had the opportunity to, um, I think in the last year and a half, I've been in 50, 50 different churches globally, a lot of them uh, like five, six times, so multiple times. Uh, spoken at 50 conferences or something like that. I have been around, so I have a grasp. I'm young. I just turned 33 in May, and uh, I am telling you that sometimes we can get locked into a worldview or a theology or a, a perception of God that is based off of maybe some things that are not accurate, and sometimes you go places and people talk about how, how bad it is and how unlikely it is. Every single place that we go, we see the glory of the Lord. Every single place that we go, we see healings. Every single, there's no religious spirit too strong. There is no spirit of disbelief or unbelief or doubt or criticism so strong that God can't come in. He, you know, that let God arise and his enemies be scattered is kind of, uh, kind of true. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, I'm saying all of this just to build some context because I, I don't think I really actually talked about anything that I'm really, I, I don't like to talk about myself very much. And this is not about me, but it's like, if God can use me to do that, like I am definitely the least likely candidate. Um, prior to all that stuff, I was a bivocational minister. I swung a hammer for a living. So I was building houses four years ago. And uh, right now, like I just go to nations and churches and I see God do miracles. So do not discredit or disqualify yourself based on where you are in your current season. Because even where you are in your current season, there is an opportunity and there is a, an invitation to you to see the kingdom come and manifest itself. Whether it be in your home, if you're a stay-at-home, home mom or dad, whether it be in your business, if you're a contractor or a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher, um, I promise you the kingdom will show up wherever you're at. 
So don't get so fixated on, I got to be going to nations and filling stadiums and all of that. God has a place for you right there. And uh, I just want to whet your appetite uh, with that this morning. Is that okay? I want to tell you, I'm not going to talk a lot about it because um, I don't want to talk about it. I want to get right into it. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll grab it. So um, I brought stuff and the more stuff you buy, the less I have to take home with me. Is that, that cool? I have these messages in these cases here. These are core messages from my life. I want to tell you about one really quickly. I'm not going to just pitch stuff to you. I had an encounter with the Lord about three years ago where I was actually raptured up out of my body and called up into the spirit. And I began to experience the glory of the Lord. If you read in Revelation, the throne of God is surrounded by thunderings, lightnings, flashings, uh, flashes of living color. And it's intense. You know, people are always, you know, think, oh, I just have an encounter with the Lord. Sometimes it's intense and sometimes it's scary. And I was uh, raptured out of my body, taken to a place in the spirit. And the Lord began to speak to me about a coming move and expression of his glory on the earth and what he was wanting to do. I saw his glory manifested as a literal storm and a tempest. And I, I, I looked at it and I said, what is that, God? And he said, it's a storm of my glory. And it came up against these large, old, ancient gates that I saw. Uh, and on these gates, there was insignia that it said, I'm put here by merit of sexual sin, violence, rape, anger, aggression, all of these big level sins. I said, Lord, what are those gates? He said, these are the gates of hell. I'm sending a storm of my glory to the gates of hell and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And it is my strong conviction that in this, this hour that God is sending sons and daughters with a revelation of his glory to the darkest places on earth to see the kingdom manifest. He's not looking for the safe places. The number one ministry in your life is not going to be pew sitting. Uh, the number one ministry in your life is highways, byways, you know, brothels, bars, places that you wouldn't generally want to be. God is moving there. And if the glory can fall here, I promise you it'll fall there. And it's more likely that it'll fall heavy. There's a message called Storm the Gates. I want you to check that out. It, it accounts all that stuff. There's other things that are cool. I'm not going to talk about those because I have a word burning in my spirit. Is that okay? Whoo, Jesus. You know what's Pentecost Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> Fire still falls. Yeah. Let's pray. Is that cool? You can pray too. It's legal. You can pray while I pray. I think God can sort it out on the other end of things. So just begin to position your heart for a manifestation of the presence of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that you are better than the devil is bad. We thank you that you give gifts to men. We thank you that you baptize fresh and new. We thank you that you are the fountain that never runs dry. We say today, God, that we want to drink deeply of the fountain of living water. God, would you refresh us? Would you renew us again this morning? God, would you elevate our expectations for what it is that you want to do in this place, in Jackson, what you want to do in this city, God. We just declare this day that you are driving stakes in the ground uh, and, and you are claiming territory in this place and saying no longer will the enemy transgress and overstep his boundaries. We say that this city will see the glory of the Lord, will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Everywhere there's death, we speak life in the name of Jesus. Everywhere there's lack, we speak a abundance in the name of Jesus. Everywhere there's fear, we speak peace and love and power in the name of Jesus. God, I ask 
for a fresh visitation of your Holy Spirit that doesn't lift, that it stays and becomes a habitation. Lord, would you let your glory rest and reside on these people? Everywhere there's callous in our hearts and everywhere we become numb and there's neuropathy, God, make us sensitive again right now in the name of Jesus. Though we ask, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that the full weight of your glory would rest and reside. Lord, shake us up. Shake us up. Wake us up, Lord. Everything that needs to be shaken, shake it. Everything that needs to be burned away by your fire, burn it away, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. And all God's people said, amen and amen. So one of the things that I, I have the, the, the privilege of doing, we do everything under the sun. Like um, God gave some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Yesterday we talked about the, the nine gifts referenced in Corinthians. Uh, and there are more than that. There's more expressions of the Spirit of God and everybody's unique and everybody's diverse. Uh, but I'm telling you that the Lord is aiming to pour His Spirit out without measure on the global church because the task at hand is a pretty big one. I don't know if you know that if you watch the news or look at the headlines, but it doesn't look so hot. But we've been given solutions. We don't have to uh, wring our hands and, and sweat it out in a prayer closet and wonder what God's going to do. We have been given the answer. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Explosive dynamite power, answer to every problem that the world has before they even have it. Oh man, you have the spirit of truth inside of you. You know the answer to everything. God, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has occurred to God? That's what my old Baptist pastor used to say. He's not nervous. You shouldn't be either. He's quite confident. It's almost like he's got a God complex, right? I'm going to be really intense this morning, but I'm going to be funny too, so you can laugh. I'm funnier than you think I am. So if you think it's a joke and it doesn't feel like one, just laugh anyways. I'm also a dad. I've been a dad for nearly nine years. And uh, I, uh, <laughs> it's fun. Dad jokes. You guys like dad jokes? They're not funny, but they are funny. It's the, iron, it's the irony, right? Okay. So this morning, I, I, I can't, I can't, you can't just glaze over the fact that it's Pentecost Sunday. Like I was, I didn't realize it was Pentecost Sunday. I'm like, oh snap, it's Pentecost Sunday. It's going to get, it's going to get wild in here. Um, so there's some things that I actually feel the unction of the Lord to do that I probably wouldn't normally do on a Sunday morning setup. But as I was seeking the Lord this morning and last night, uh, I just really feel like there's, there's, a, there's a fresh thing on this house. There's a, there's a fresh move of the Lord on this house. And with those marking moments, God always uh, looks to baptize afresh and anew. And if you read throughout Scripture, there's not one baptism or two baptisms. There's actually seven baptisms uh, mentioned in Scripture. There's baptisms of fire, the baptism of John, baptism by water, baptism of the Spirit. There are multiple baptisms. And I'm not aiming to change your theology, but you should read the Bible and see what it says about it. You know, and one of the things that sometimes we will do if we've been in church long enough is that we make the assumption or the presumption that what I got is all there is to get and I already got it. So I'm good and I'm just going to ride this thing out till Jesus comes back or whatever happens and then we'll be good. But I am telling you that whatever you have experienced in your life thus far, this, this far, God has got more for you. Like if, if we like, man, if God is so limited that we can tap him out early in life, then he may not be as big of a God as we've hyped him up to be. But I'm of the opinion that he's pretty big. And I'm of the opinion that he has unlimited resources, that he supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. And he's doing all right. He was not affected by the recession. He's not looking at his stocks and bonds. He's not concerned with Bitcoin. It's all his. 
All the silver, all the gold belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's good. He's set. And he's got enough to give his kids. He's got enough to give all of his kids. He's got enough for you and you and you and you. He can give you all of it. And then there's still enough for everybody to have all of it. What are you saying, Justin? I'm saying there are unlimited resources in God. And that applies to every arena of your life. Not just finances, not just relational favor, but power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Anybody hungry for an overdose of the Holy Ghost this morning? I'm going to raise both hands and one foot because I can't float yet, but I'm trying. Jesus levitated. <laughs> Do the same things he did in greater. It's legal. I'm going to walk on water one day too. You can laugh. I may get wet before I run across, but I'm going to try, right? <laughs> Woo, Jesus, would you add your blessing to the reading of your word? Acts 2, 1 through 21. It's where I'm going to go really quickly. I'm going to talk to you about a, a, a biblical principle that you'll find. There, there are multiple ways that you will see the Lord do the same thing. Uh, like there are multiple ways that Jesus would heal the same issue. Uh, proving to you that you can't just find a method and all of a sudden one method is always the way that you get God. Because you can't figure them out, right? Same works in regard to encounter with the Lord. And sometimes because we think that what we got is all we were going to get, that we stop and we don't pursue any longer. But one of my burning passions is to provoke the church into a pursuit of Jesus that's greater than you've experienced thus far. And I celebrate what you've experienced already, but every encounter that you have with God is an invitation to a greater plane of existence. So in other words, the best highlight of your life in God was an invitation to abide and live there and then go deeper in His presence. So you think of salvation. Lord, re re restore to me the joy of my salvation. Well, how can it get better than that? I promise you it can get better than that. Because deep and intimate fellowship with the Lord, you just find out, man, He's better than I thought He was. I thought He was pretty good. But it turns out he's better than I thought he was because I, I, you know, I has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man. If you can imagine, you can't, have you ever thought about this? You can't like overhype God. You start making stuff up and he's better than that. <laughs> Justin, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right, but it's actually true. Like he's better than you can actually, you could, you could just be like, man, he's really, you know, he's really. And then it's like, actually, no, that's understating what he is. I'm messing with you, but I'm serious. So if there's more, like where is the more and how can I get to it, right? <laughs> Some people are like, well, he'll just give me what he wants to give me. Well, you can have that attitude all the way till you die and you keep it. But I'm going after everything he bled and died on the cross for, right? Jesus didn't give his last breath on the cross for me just to live a passive life and just to barely skate by in life. He gave his all so I could give my all so that other people could perpetually give their all for the sake of the kingdom. I don't want to get to heaven at the feet of Jesus and have no crowns to give him. I would love to throw a lot of crowns at his feet. There is a false humility that is robbing the church blind of their inheritance and their destiny in the earth right now. Well, that's just, you know... Who do you think you are? And Well, you're not that special. I don't know. God thinks you're pretty special. Jesus thinks you're to die for, right? That's the, how the adage goes. Like what heaven says about you is that you are worth the blood and body of Jesus Christ because God is not a poor investor. He's not ignorant. So heaven went bankrupt on your behalf to buy humanity back. So that makes a statement about our created value, that we are created in the image and the likeness of a triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You bear their image. The Trinity was hovering around and they said, let us make man in our image. It says a lot about what you were created to do. 
And then he places Adam and Eve in a garden and he gives them authority to, to take over this. And the, the idea was that the garden was supposed to expand around the whole earth and the, the, the relationship that man had with God and God had with man and the stewardship of the earth would expand over the whole earth and all of a sudden there would be this beautiful kingdom, right? But then the devil enters in. And he speaks to Eve and, you know, did, did God really say that, you know? I don't think the devil's ever come to you and said, did God really say that to you? <laughs> Anybody ever get a prophetic word and you're like holding on for dear? You're like, this is great. This is the truth. This is absolutely the truth. And then all of a sudden, enter Satan, you know, <laughs> hiss, hiss, right? Did he really say that? And then you, you, you get into this thing where you call God into the court of your own uh, uh, opinion. And did he really say that? And then it never works out well. And then we know what happens, the fall of man, all that kind of stuff, old covenant, new covenant. Jesus comes on the scene and Jesus literally came not just to save you from your sin. I don't know if you know this, but sin was literally judged in the person of Jesus Christ on the cross. So if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. So like if you die, like baptism is a picture of death, burial and resurrection. You guys, okay, I know I'm going really fast, but I, we're going somewhere. I promise this is going to be super good. So if I died with him and I'm raised to newness of life, the old man is gone and dead and passed away. I'm not just a better version of me. I'm a completely new thing. And that new thing is the one new man, the person of Christ Jesus, where I'm actually in him. He's in me. And as he is in this world, so am I. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive those sins and all unrighteousness. That's wild, isn't it? All unrighteousness. So if all unrighteousness is gone out of my life, what does that leave? Only righteousness. Did you even know this about yourself? Some of you are like, I didn't know that. It's in the Bible, guys. So if, we're, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us uh, all the, those sins and all unrighteousness, leaving only righteousness. The Bible says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So my question for you today would be, are you in Christ? Because if you're in Christ, then the righteousness issue is settled, but not by works, not by, you know, the Bible says your, 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 your righteousness is as filthy rags, but we are the righteousness of God in Christ. How righteous is God? I would say God is pretty righteous, right? I feel like we're in the 80s. I'm going to start saying like Calabunga and totally righteous and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Is that a bad reference? None of you guys have seen that movie, I'm sure. That'll date us right now. <laughs> He's seen it. He knows what's up. That's a young guy back there. Knows his history. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about, Justin? Well, in regards to everything, in regards to holiness, right, standing, consecration, sanctification, being filled and endued with power from on high. It is like Pentecost Sunday. It's a big deal because there was a season and a time where Everything was about trying to just have one day where we could experience the presence of God. But God made a way when there was no way. The old covenant was bloody. So many sacrifices, so many laws, so many rules, so many things that we had to do. And all that it did was prove that you can't do it in and of yourself. And then Jesus comes. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. He is the actual, he satisfies the wrath of an angry God. He, get, he didn't get God to turn his face away and not look at it anymore. Actually, God, like God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So the wrath of God is satisfied in the punishment of Jesus on the cross. Do you understand the implications of that? The Bible says that it pleased the Father to bruise the Son. It pleased God to bruise the Son. Bah, my brain is exploding right now. You're like, man, he talks fast. 
but it is the express intent of heaven to redeem you by the blood and body of Jesus Christ. But not just so you can skate by in life and make it to heaven one day. He actually died to put heaven inside of you so that heaven could be released on the earth. Jesus said, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Is there lack in heaven? No. Is there depression in heaven? No. Is there fina financial collapse in heaven? No. Is there anxiety in heaven? No. So how, what do I do now? Do I now pray for the will of the Father or do I release the will of the Father? Because Jesus said, all power and all authority and all this I give to you. I have it and then I give it to you. So it sounds like he took the ball and threw it in our court. It sounds like he took the keys and he threw it. The keys to the kingdom are now in our possession. You know that when he came out of, the, out of the grave. Yeah, he went down in the grave, but he came back with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? The only thing that, that death can do for a believer is release resurrection power in your life. I'm preaching to y'all and y'all don't know it. I'm going to... Told you I was going to run at some point. I, like, I, got host, I got Holy Ghost bumps right now. Come feel them. There's a message in Braille in there. Poor humor. Poor humor. He's so immature. But Jesus didn't just die on a cross so that you can barely skate by. and barely. He came to empower you to put to death the works of the devil and make Christ alive inside of you. And as, as Jesus is in this world, so are you. That means that you can heal the sick. That means that you can raise the dead. That means that you can cleanse leper. You can cast out demons and you can see the kingdom come. It is not a warm, fuzzy thought. It is the reality. And we have believed this lie that somehow it's just behavior modification. And then I'm just going to endure till he comes. But no, Jesus died for so much more than that. All authority in heaven, uh, in, in earth, under the earth. Like he went to extremes to say, I got all the authority and here it is. Go and occupy until I come back. The keys to death, hell, and the grave. And then sometimes we have believers that are scared to death to step out. What if God's not speaking to me? What are you talking about? What, do you, what else do you want God to do to prove that he loves you? What else would you like God to do to, to show that you're empowered? He gave us his son. He gave us his word. He gave his Holy Spirit as a witness. But that's the disconnect sometimes. Yes. See, the, the letter without the spirit kills. But the spirit with the letter, they give life. I mean, it's something, something holy. It's something special. You can't process. My Bible's in here. So this is like my Bible. So when I touch it, I'm talking about the word of God. Cool? You can't process that with a carnal or a natural mind because you'll try to reason. You'll try to use rationale and it doesn't work because he's irrational, right? Unlimited resources. He doesn't have rations in heaven. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's like, oh, I need healing. Well, I don't have any more of that, guys. Sorry, I'm all tapped out. <laughs> I'm having fun. It's Pentecost Sunday. There was a cross. Hallelujah. Praise God for the cross. The cross dealt with my sin. He went down into the grave. He took the keys from the devil. Mm. That gets me excited. That's an Easter story, right? Okay, so here's the thing. I was raised in conservative Christianity, and, and there was much emphasis placed on sin, on depravity, and on the cross. And I believe that you need to understand all of those things. You need to understand that, that you, apart from God, you are dead in your trespasses and sin, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, which is Jesus Christ, is eternal life. 
But if that sin issue has been settled because you have called on the name of Jesus and made him your Lord and Savior, you have been transformed at your very nature. You are not even uh, remotely the same as you used to be. You are a peculiar creature. You are an alien. You are not even a citizen of this world. You're just passing through. And if every believer became aware of that, then you would start operating on a different plane and you wouldn't be a victim in your own story anymore. It's time that the church stand up in victory. The Bible says that overwhelming... I'm, I'm just preaching on overflow right now. <laughs> overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus our Lord. Over, what would your life look like if everything that you touched had overwhelming victory on it? Not because you're able, not because you got the goods, but because he's got the goods. And it's actually his heart. And you don't have to convince yourself that he wants to do it. The word of God actually does it. And the spirit of God bears witness. So we have the cross, and I'm raised in conservative Christianity, and it's always about, okay, I just got to constantly like search through my life with a fine-tooth comb looking for indiscretions and shortcomings and this, that, and the other, and not making much of what Jesus has done, but making much of what I've done in a past season when I was a different person, and that person's supposed to be dead and in the grave, and I'm supposed to be raised to newness of life, but how can you walk through this life with the old man on life support and trying to hold on to the new man? It doesn't work. Because the gate is small. And the way is narrow and his name is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. The truth is not a philosophy. The truth is a person to be known relationally. And his name is Jesus. The way is to walk with him in this life. And the life is only inside of him because your old man is dead. This will liberate people. Oh my goodness. I preach this all over the place in churches. And people that have been in church their whole life get saved. Because they never heard the gospel. Because they thought somehow they needed to add to what Jesus did. And you are deceived if you think you need to add to what Jesus did. You will get in the way. Oh my goodness. Just die already and let Jesus Christ be raised to life in you. So I find myself at the foot of the cross constantly repenting over sins that I've repented over and repented over. And I think the disconnect was I felt disconnected with God and I was trying to talk to him on a level that he didn't even understand because he already dealt with them. They were cast in the depths of the ocean in a sea of forgetfulness as far away as the east is from the west. And he doesn't understand how to commune with man on the issue and the basis of sinful depravity because it's been dealt with in Christ. This will revolutionize the prayer life of every believer if you understand that you are more bent and more prone to righteousness than you are sin. What are you talking about, Justin? Ah. It's not of works lest any man should boast. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the living God. So I was so consumed with this that I was constantly thinking about what I didn't need to do. And it's funny because relationship out of love looks different than relationship in love. Relationship in love. Y'all, you got any newlyweds in the house or people that are just started just like, oh, oh, I just can't wait to take out the trash. I just can't wait to take out, do the dishes. We're going to do all this. It's like, oh, it's my reasonable service in light of you being my wife, honey. I love doing this. Sometimes five years in the marriage, I got to take the trash out. Why don't you take the trash out every once in a while? There's something about love that causes you to look at duty differently. It's the same thing in the kingdom, but like we can abide in love. We can actually abide in this place of uh, the, the joy of our salvation, that first love kind of thing. You know, the, the old, the old uh, uh, you know, I have one thing against you, you've forgotten your first love. Don't forget your first love. 
keep the like God's all about romance. God's all about like that the, the love and the feelings. Your whole life is not about that. But I'm telling you that believers, sons and daughters who are in love with him will live their life differently than yeah. people that are so consumed with themselves that all they can do is find fault. Navel gazing never did a lot for anybody else. You know the Holy Spirit's job is to convict you of sin. It's not your job to convict yourself of your own sin because you will be self-condemning. Told you, you, you're your own worst enemy most of the time. Jesus is your advocate. Jesus is actually pleading with you. Actually, you're more like me than you realize you are. Stop thinking like the old self. Start thinking like the new man. You'll start manifesting. So I'm constantly preached the cross, which is a reality. You've got to come to the cross. You will not enter into newness of life, and you will not enter into resurrection power lest you die. You have to die so you can be resurrected. Lest a seed fall to the ground and die, it dies alone. But if it dies, it produces a harvest. It's the nature of Jesus Christ inside of you. But I, let me tell you something. Three days later, I don't know how we get three days because it's not exactly three days, but that's what we say. So you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Two and a quarter days. <laughs> so many hours, right? <laughs> but he went down in and he came out victorious. Man, that messed with the devil, didn't it? He thought he had him. He didn't know. It's a pawn in his hand. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict you. If there's an issue in your life, I promise you the Holy Spirit will say, hey, this is not your nature, but conviction looks a lot more like, less like condemnation and more like you were created for more than this. Repent. Change the way you think. That's what it means. It doesn't mean rip your clothes and sackcloth and ashes on the outside of a city. It means change the way you think because the kingdom's at hand. Because you're a completely new creature, you're not supposed to be walking around in condemnation because sin was dealt with with Jesus Christ on the cross. It was actually literally judged. When the Holy Spirit's come, he'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin that has actually been judged in the person of Jesus Christ. Righteousness, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And judgment, that God has forever set the scales on your side if you're inside of Christ. Isn't that wild? Some of you are like, I just need a second to process. I'm giving it to you right now. This is the gospel that we've been given. So I find myself at the foot of the cross constantly navel-gazing, looking through all the sins in my life because my only paradigm for relationship with Jesus Christ was a sin-focused and sin-oriented life. And I'm not walking in freedom. I'm walking in behavior modification. And because what I set before me constantly is my sins, I'm living perpetually in a state of backsliding and habitual sin that I can't get out of because I refuse to set Jesus in front of me overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus our Lord. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Well, Jesus doesn't have any sin in his life, so if I'm in Christ, then sin doesn't have any hold on me any longer. Who's your master? Is Jesus your master or is sin your master? Some people are like, well, sin means that I will, like sin being my master means that I will sin. Well, actually, no, it proves out with time that you will cease to sin as you associate with Christ. Holiness and consecration are by proximity, you know? We, we've taught a lot of other things. If you do this, then you'll be holy. That is not what the Bible nor the gospel teaches or Jesus ever said. You've got to be next to me. Presence of God. You know, it's really, really, really hard to abide in besetting sin when Jesus is right here. People, I feel so far from God. I feel so far away from God. Well, turn around because he's right behind you. Your eyes, your ears, the stuff on your face, like it's harder to hear people you're looking the opposite direction from. It's not that God has removed. God, it's never that God has lifted from your life. It's that you walked away from Him. If you find yourself at a disconnect, go back where you quit listening. 
and start listening again. And it's that easy. It's that quick. You don't have to, you know, the devil used to get me and they say, oh, it's sin. I got to take like seven days because God feels awkward and it's weird. And, you know, like I'm the only person that's done it, right? Some of y'all are getting free and you're scared to look me in the eyes. Because this is going deeper than you think. I told you I'm funnier than you think I am. So this conviction works nicely in the midst of humor. I'm messing with you guys. I'm having fun. But I was constantly, perpetually stuck with that. But do you realize that, that there, it, the story doesn't end on the cross? That he went into the ground, he went into the grave, he came out with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He ascended, gave gifts to men. After This is even before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Before he ascended, he gave gifts to men. We've been talking about gifts yesterday all day long. But then he said, go and tarry, go and wait in an upper room and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit for you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Justin, what are you talking about? I am telling you that there's more. I am telling you that there's more. Do you have to go and sit and wait in an upper room? Nope, that's forever been accomplished. But I'm telling you that that testimony of what happened, what we're celebrating today at Pentecost, that fire fell in the upper room means that you are empowered to do more than just not sin in life. You are to actually wreak havoc on the powers and the principalities in this realm. You are to torment the tormentors. Like you're not supposed to be afraid of demons. You're supposed to be making their life miserable. You see demons, you should run at them, not away from them. Your feet hit the the floor in the morning, they should say, "Uh uh-oh, they're up. Justin, what are you talking about? This is not just some like pep rally for Jesus. This is the gospel of the kingdom, guys. This is for every believer. This is for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room. It is not respective of age, of, of sex, of creed, or culture. Like the gospel is for everybody. And I feel like the Lord wants to pour out power this morning. I'm going to just read this really quickly because I know that I'm talking a lot, but this is going to be good. So Acts 2, 1 through 21 says this, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, Uh, They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. There's enough for everybody in case you were wondering. And they were all filled. Say all. All. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I will say this. Speaking in tongues is an evidence of the Holy Spirit. It is not the only evidence. So if you have received your prayer language or you pray in tongues, fantastic, that's amazing, but God has more for you. Don't wear it as a badge as if it means that you've somehow arrived. It's just a sign that the Holy Spirit is true to His Word, and He is. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, that sound of the mighty rushing wind, a multitude came together. And they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. These were actual spoken languages by the Spirit of God. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Look at these, um, look, uh, are not these not, yeah, sorry, forgive me. Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear them each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, the other place, Pontus, Asia, and these other places. There were a lot of places with hard to say names. And we hear them speaking in our own tongues and they were, uh, to our, our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. Say so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying one to another, whatever could this mean? I think it's funny that people always assume that when a move of the Spirit happens that everybody's going to be like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> doesn't say that people marveled because everything was like together and clean and not messy. 
I, I think decently and in order, it means different things than sometimes we think it means. Decently and in order doesn't mean you're in control. <laughs> decently and in order from heaven's perspective is different than in ours. I'm just saying that, okay? Just dropping that in there. doesn't mean that we go crazy with things, but it doesn't mean that it's all clean and tied up with nice pretty boats sometimes. When the Holy Spirit, when you ask Him to come and He shows up, He oftentimes will offend your mind to reveal your heart because He's not concerned with you being in control. The problem is most of the time you're in control and He's not in control. And that's why we don't see power. And that's why we don't see breakthrough. And that's why we don't see awakening because we're more concerned with a way that seems right to a man and not so much with what God actually wants to do. Are you okay? In the house, somebody say amen. I'm from the south. You got to shout me down. Others were mocking saying they're full of new wine. Uh-oh. But Peter standing up with 11 raised his voice and said, um, said to them, men of uh, Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. These are not drunk as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day. I, that's probably the coolest way to start a message ever. Everybody, they're not drunk like you think they are. This is God. So I thought about starting that way this morning. I was like, I don't know. You don't know me that well. You might think something. I'm messing with you. You guys okay? <laughs> but they, they all started mocking. Like when the Lord moves, people will mock it. But the hungry will stick around long enough to be offended long enough to find out if this is actually God. <laughs> hungry get fed. Sometimes the hungry, they, they cut in line. Sometimes the hungry run to the front of the line. Sometimes they don't do everything decently and in order. Like the, like the woman who laid hold of the hem of Jesus' garment. I don't know if you've read the story, but it says the crowds were pressing in on him. And you don't get to Jesus in a crowd like that when you're sitting on a back row hoping that he'll come your way. Well, if revival's going to come, he can walk over here. Sometimes you need to get off your butt and out of your seat and run towards the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if you're hungry enough and if you're thirsty enough, no. Nothing in heaven and earth will stop you from getting to the Lord. But the thing is, he's not holding it in front of you like a carrot before your nose. Oh, you almost got it. He almost got it. He is a good father and he loves to pour out gifts on his children. I am telling you that I'm telling you that I'm telling you, which means I'm prophesying. God's about to break loose in his house this morning. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, Let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this was what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all. Your sons and your daughters. Say sons and daughters shall prophesy oh my goodness your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams it's for the young and the old everybody praise god in heaven and on my men servants and on my maid servants i will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy oh my goodness that sounds like he's going to do some things because the lord says i do nothing unless i reveal my secrets to my servants the prophets so all of a sudden we're in this changing of the guard coming from an old covenant from a 400 silent years where god wasn't speaking and all of a sudden jesus has come and made a mess all of a sudden and what everybody used to have to go through sacrifice i'm telling i'm preaching of y'all this morning where there used to be bloody uh, altars all the time there used to be rules and regulations and jesus accomplished it once and for all and he says you know what i'm going to do now what only the priests used to do after an entire year everybody now sons and daughters the young and the old there's no little holy spirit there's no male nor female holy spirit like it's for everybody and i'm going to pour it out liberally and it's not of works lest any man should boast but it's by my spirit says the lord of hosts Woo! 
and I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire uh, and vaporous smoke. The, sh the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon to blood before the coming and great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then I want to say um, Acts 2 verse 40, if we just jump a little bit, because I'm not going to read all of Acts to you, but I could, and it would still be fun, but I'm going to jump to verse 40. And it said, with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3000 souls were added to them. Holy ghost. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine. Everybody say doctrine is not a bad word. <laughs> and fellowship. You need each other. And the breaking of bread, everybody say praise God. And in prayers, uh, then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as everyone had need. Verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church, everybody say daily daily those who were being saved. Do you guys love the Word of God? Yeah. Ooh, it's Pentecost Sunday. He might want to do it again, you think? We get into circles and we get into uh, special interest groups and we say, well, is it small church or is it big church, big church or is it evangelism or is it prophecy? Is it salvation or is it healing? Uh-huh. <laughs> It's all of it. Yeah, they met house to house. Yeah, they fellowshiped with one another. Yeah, they sold all their stuff. So nobody was lacking because nobody lacks in the kingdom. They weren't praying, God, what should we do? They're like, oh, I have and they don't have. So, duh. <laughs> They're sick and I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. So should I pray? Yes, you should pray. You don't even have to pray. Like, about praying. Does that make sense? Yeah. Heal the sick. You don't have to pray about it. Does that make sense? Right. Is it my anointing? Yes, it is. Because <laughs> the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you. <laughs> The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in these mortal bodies. That means you don't have an excuse anymore. The devil would love to make you think that you are too big to keep God from doing what he wants to do. But Christ in you is the hope of glory. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will, in the last days. In the last days. You think we're living in the last days? From that moment on, we were living in the last days. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. In the last days, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Oh, man. Jesus said, if you believe in me, out from within you will flow rivers of living water. Didn't say a small water fountain. Didn't say a trickle. It said rivers of life-giving water. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord, what are you doing this morning? I feel like I'm going to prophesy to the house for a minute. Because God is about to do something in this house. And it's not because I came. I think that, that there are notable moments in the history of a church. And I think that actually significant things have been shifting and breaking and being established in these hours that we've had together. And uh, it's not just because I'm here, but God has a convergence of believers and also within fivefold ministers, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. It is significant when you have a prophet come to your house. It is significant when you have an apostle or a pastor and evangelist. You want to pay attention to what God's doing because he's generally setting a precedent for where he's taking you. But I am saying that there is something coming to this house. There's a fresh baptism. There's a fresh overflow where all of you will pray for the sick, where all of you 
you will see miracles, where all of you will prophesy, where all of you are going to be caught up in the Spirit, where all of you are, begun to, are going to begin to move in the same works that the early church did. Would it not be absurd that the mature church would be less versed in the Spirit than the infancy of the church? They're, the church is just, you know, a few weeks old here. What, it would be abnormal for something to digress in its maturity from where it was in its infancy. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm telling you that the church is doing well. That I see the sick healed, the dead are raised, the, the lame walk, the, the deaf hear, the blind see, like all of that stuff. Miracles are happening all over the world. There is no excuse. The only closed heaven is between your ears. That's what Bill Johnson says. The only closed heaven is the believer who refuses to acknowledge what Christ has already done and says, actually... I'm, I'm too big of an issue for God. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. You can't stop the kingdom from coming. Who do you think you are? See, I just flipped it on you. Like, who do you think you are? You can't do that. Who do you think you are? You can't stop God from getting His glory. The only thing you can do is play into what He wants to do. You guys all right this morning? Yeah. Justin, what are you talking about? I think the Lord wants to pour out His Spirit afresh this morning. There's a principle in Scripture um, that these views, I'm just going to say this from this point forward, these views are the views of Global Awakening, Justin Allen, not necessarily the views of the Assembly in Jackson, Mississippi. We're not Mississippi, we're Michigan. Forgive me. That, that messed me up so bad when I was coming here. I was like, eh. Michigan, we're in Michigan. We're, it's a very different place. <laughs> Praise God that we're in Michigan today. But... God is looking to do something, and there's, so there's this thing. This is, this is something that I do all over the world. I've seen this in multiple continents, just everywhere that we go, we see this. But there's a principle in Scripture called impartation, and impartation is the transference of the anointing through the laying on of hands. We get a lot of flack for this, and if you ever Google us, you might find some interesting things. Yeah, so... Impartation is a biblical principle. You'll find it in Scripture. It is the transference of the anointing through the laying on of hands. There is a principle of honor and connectivity. The Bible, you'll, you'll see that you're to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If someone's sick among you, you gather the elders together, anoint them with oil. There's always a point of contact. And even um, the, the prayer clause in Scripture was actually sweat clause. It was a point of contact. So, so what's on you, in you, getting on somebody else? There's something about it. And it's the, it's the way that, that God aims to do it. And sometimes we look at those things and the Lord's Supper doesn't make any sense unless you just understand that God knows what he's doing and we don't you know what I'm saying <laughs> baptism is foolish unless you understand that God knows more than you do yes. impartation is the same way yes. you understand what I'm saying but Jesus you'll see Jesus breathe on the disciples or kiss the disciples and they receive the Holy Spirit I'm gonna hit some scriptures with you because I'm not just gonna hit a principle say take my word for it I'm gonna show you throughout scripture old and new where this principle exists I'm gonna tell you a story about when the Lord poured his spirit on me in a way that I did not understand and it changed my entire life you guys believe that God wants to pour out power on you this morning do you think it's just because he's good or because I'm here because I think it's because he's good but sometimes you have to have people that are utterly convinced and gripped in the depths of who they are that God is who he says he is to kind of shake us out of a place that, of, of maybe not even understanding. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I've seen this all over the world. I've seen the fruit of it. There are many people that would be dead that are alive because of the principle of impartation. There are many people that are going to heaven that would be going to hell because of the principle of impartation and gifts being released and transferred through men and women. Does this make sense? All right, so I'm going to 
shift gears. And this is actually one of the things that the Holy Spirit was poured out for the purpose of so that you can transfer uh, what's on one life to another. So I want to do this with me. And if you're taking notes, just write the references down and I'll read them to you and I can give them to, to you guys later so that everyone can search them out. But I'm going to be in Hebrews 6, 1 through 2. I'm going to give a really practical breakdown of this really fast. Some of you are nervous, like how long is this going to go? It'll go till it's finished. But I want you to expect and understand that even as I'm doing this, I, I, I want to set the president that as I'm talking, it is not based off of me, but sometimes the Lord, and when I say sometimes, I mean all the time, God will come sovereignly. So it doesn't require me to lay my hands on you for you to receive something from the Lord, but the sovereign hand of God is going to rest in this place, and men and women will receive gifts. Some of you will have a second or a third or a fourth or a fifth blessing that you didn't even realize you wanted, but I know that, you know, I've seen a lot, and I've had to Lord do something, but I'm praying that he would overwhelm me today. It'd be great if I was undone and she had to take over for me. I would love that. It's happened a couple times, not going to lie. What do you mean, Justin? Sometimes God's God just so good that you can't even, you know? <laughs> Hebrews 6. But if, as I'm reading these words, you begin to feel electricity in your body, if you begin to feel fire, if you begin to weep uncontrollably, if you begin to feel joy bubble up and you start laughing and it ain't even funny and you don't know where that's coming from, it might be God. If you've been dealing with anxiety and stress and you feel the peace of God, if all of a sudden you feel like a, a lead weight has been put on your shoulder, you feel the weight, the weighty presence of God, the, the Shekinah glory, <laughs> the, the kabod, you know, resting on you, that's God. And I want you to pay attention to that because every way that you can receive through your senses, you can experience God. We sang it this morning. Let us become more aware of your presence, God. It's more than an intellectual response to a word. It's a spirit, body, soul, because you're created in the image and likeness of a triune God. So every way that you can respond to anything, you can respond to God. So Hebrews 6, 1 through 2 is this. So first off, transference of the anointing through the laying on of hands is definitely biblical, and it's an elementary teaching. In Hebrew, Hebrews 6, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death, faith in God, instruction about baptisms, plural, there's an S on it, pay attention to that in case you're curious about that. The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. It's really funny because when you read the Bible and what the Bible is talking about, elementary teachings, elementary teachings. Do you guys remember your introductory course on raising the dead? This is, this is in Hebrews. This is in the Bible. It's in your Bible too, I promise. Hebrews 6, 1 through 2. But let it, therefore, not, let us not leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance. Obviously, repentance. We'd say, yeah, repentance from acts that lead to death. Duh. Faith in God, most definitely. Instruction about baptisms. Well, I didn't really know about that, but okay, it's in there. The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. These are foundational. These are elementary teachings. Uh, the laying on of hands is used to impart the Holy Spirit himself. So in Acts 19, 6, you'll see this. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So the baptism of the Spirit, they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. Those are evidences. It's not only tongues, but tongues and prophecy is an evidence. Acts 8.18, when Simon the sorcerer saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. In other words, a sorcerer, a new age guy, uh, someone who's working in the occult, saw that the apostles were laying on hands and there was such a demonstration of explosive power that he was familiar in this trade. He was a legit sorcerer. 
He legitimately moved in that illegally, and it's not, I don't, it's not legal to move in sorceries, uh, witchcraft, and the occult. It's not legal, but you can do it. The only legal way to access the spirit realm is by way of Jesus Christ, is, who is our medium, with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So the Simon the sorcerer sees that they're laying on his. He's like, man, I, that would really benefit me. I'm going to try to buy it. Now, he saw it. He valued it. He didn't understand the context. I think Simon the sorcerer gets a bad rap. I think he was just didn't understand. He's like, that's cool. I want some of that. But when's the last time a witch or a psychic or a medium said, man, they're moving to so much power. Can I give you 20 bucks and you teach me what you know? Wait, Justin, I'm a little confused by that. When is the last time the world came knocking at your door because they recognized you had a power they did not have? I minister to witches and psychics and people in the occult. We go to Salem, Massachusetts uh, during the festival, the witchcraft, uh, with the festival of the dead, witchcraft and occult festivals. They do seances, all that stuff, and we minister to those people. And I'm telling you that the power of God is real. It's not just real in this house or in a church. It's real in the middle of the darkest places. And they will stop and they will come and see. I don't know how you heal so effectively. Uh, you know, and they will come. We have witches and we have mediums that will go and get other people. You've got to listen to them. This is the most accurate reading of my entire life. And it's not a reading, it's a spirit of prophecy. And I'm not working magic or black magic or white magic. It's the spirit of Christ inside of me. And that's what we're all commissioned to do, to go to the gates of hell and storm them with the glory of the Lord. Uh, the Lord. So verse 18, Acts 8, 18. Uh, when Simon saw that the spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. Um, and uh, the, the next thing is that laying on of hands is used to impart and stir up the Spirit's giftings. We, you'll hear this reference a lot. Second Timothy 1.6 says this, For this reason I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So there's something about impartation and laying on of hands that's not just for a baptism of, uh, of the Spirit, but a transference of a gift or a, a releasing of a measure uh, into another person's life. And uh, verse, uh, yeah, I'll read it again. Do not neglect your gift which was given to you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. That's 1 Timothy 4.14. So it can happen in a lot of different contexts. And sometimes we're very dogmatic and we say it has to happen this way or this way. But as you read the whole and entirety of Scripture, you will see that there are a diversity of ways that the Lord administers the gift. Does this make sense? I was raised in Baptist culture. We did pray for the sick, but we only had the elders come around and anoint them with oil. And I'll tell you, people still get healed that way. <laughs> Your belief system does not restrict God from moving. Right. Say it again. Your belief system does not restrict God from moving. Sometimes it can help you get out of the way, but God doesn't move because you did everything right. He moves because he really wants to move, and if people are just kind of in the vicinity, he'll hit them anyways. You guys are right. Laying on of hands is used to anoint with callings, wisdom, and authority for leadership. This is really important if it's like... Uh, leadership were to shift in a church or you're going to commission a missionary or a, a new teacher or something like that. Uh, but in Acts 13, 2 through, uh, through 3, so while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. And after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Like if you're about to go off and do something, you need to have somebody lay hands on you and pray. Like I wouldn't do a thing in the earth unless I had some elders or some leaders in my life that I valued. Are you going to lay hands on me? Like a lot of times I'll be in a meeting, I'll do this. Give me a hand. I'll be like, hey, I need this. You know, if you're ever at a conference with me and I'm sitting on the front row with a lot of these men and women that I greatly value, like at any given point, I'll just grab their hand and, you know. <laughs> it's not weird. It's honor is what it is. But most of us are so prideful, we can't acknowledge that we need what somebody else has more than what we have inside of us. And the honor principle is how the kingdom operates. 
Some of us are like, we know everything. Well, if you know everything, how come you're not doing everything? And until you're doing what they do, don't question what their methods. When I was in my 20s, I wasn't so good at that. Now that I'm in my 30s and I failed a lot more, tell you what, you face plan about 1,600 times. You will humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord. <laughs> Numbers 11:17. This is really interesting. Transference of leadership in the old covenants. I will come down and speak with you in there, and I'll take the spirit that's on you, and I'll put the spirit on them, and they will help you carry the burden of the people, so you won't have to carry it alone. God is looking uh, to help lighten the load through this. Also, you guys okay with what I'm doing right now? Deuteronomy 34, 9, now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid hands on him. So there was something of the spirit of wisdom, and it was also tied to an assignment of leadership, but there was great wisdom. Um, so there's a transference of the anointing well, as he laid his hands on him. And then so the Israelites listened to him. That's a miracle, right? <laughs> you think that was just his natural charisma, or do you think that was an anointing that came through the transference of the anointing by the laying on of hands? I'm pretty sure that impartation had something to do with it. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. The second thing I want you to know is transference of the anointing of uh, uh, through the laying on of hands, it happens today, okay? And this is where I'm going to wrap. I'm going to share my story. I, I have a thousand stories that I could tell you. And I'm going to share mine because I can't steward somebody else's testimony as well as I can steward mine. Can I be real with you guys? I promise you I'm not going to take all day, but I'm going to take as long as I feel the Lord needs to in this moment because this is the most important part of the day, okay? Is that cool? Be really vulnerable with you. I'm going to be very honest. I'm going to say something. I may be so vulnerable that it makes you uncomfortable. Because you don't know how to be vulnerable at this point in your life. But the Lord is powerful enough to free you from you. And when you are free from you, you are free from everybody else. And the worst people at being free from themselves are ministers. <laughs> Amen. Yes, Lord, help me, Jesus. So I, uh, I was called when I was 14 years old. I'm 33 now. So I've been walking with the Lord a minute. I was actively called into ministry when I was 14 by God. I was saved when I was seven. I've never lived a life of sin. I was raised in the church. Every time the doors were open, I was there. And then sometimes we opened the doors before anybody else got there. I was just a church kid. You know what I mean? But I always had an affinity for church and the things of God, which is unusual for someone seven years old and, and beyond. I just always associated church with the presence of God. I'd always loved God. And uh, I got saved when I was young. I, uh, I had great influences in my life. My parents were... Uh, really strong believers. We did not know anything of the Spirit of God, but we love God. And uh, don't feel like just because you have a, you're in a different part of your journey that you're better than somebody else in a different denomination, or that because you understand an element of the Holy Spirit that you're better than them. That's not the truth. It just means you're at a different part of your journey. And when you see others, you, you do the best to impart the wisdom that you have through life and conversation, and not in an aggressive, arrogant way, because you can be so arrogant that people resist you. Does this make sense? So I walking through life and at 14 I get called I had a, 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 legit, a legit encounter fast forward to around the age of 20 I'm in a Baptist service and I'm reading Smith Wigglesworth and I'm reading like all of these like Welsh revival stories and these historic revivals and my heart is aching because I'm reading the book of Acts and I'm reading how the fire fell and all these things and all these people around me are telling me why God doesn't heal and why that was reserved for a different time and cessationism this and crazy heretical teaching that and and I'm like this doesn't make any sense like why is there protocol for speaking in tongues if I can't talk in tongues I don't understand how come if I'm not supposed to prophesy it tells me how to prophesy you know <laughs> why don't you apply this biblical interpretation idea to everything else that you believe anyways that's just me working that out 
but I find myself in a place um, where the, I'm laying on an altar any given Sunday, the sovereign spirit of the Lord rests on me and I begin to pray in another language that I knew nothing out about. I was in an uh, arena that uh, taught me that if you prayed in tongues, you were possessed by the devil, which is not true in case you were wondering. It isn't because actually that's the spirit of God and it's uh, heretical and borderline blasphemous to say that because it's actually a gift that Jesus bled and died to give us. So when you start calling into question what the Holy Spirit is doing, you're treading dangerous waters. I wouldn't encourage you to do it. And uh, that you don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. And, you know, once there's no other sacrifice, you know, so don't treat the blood of the covenant as common and unholy, is what the Bible says. So I'm in this place and I'm at an impasse because I'm reading these stories and my spirit man is jumping inside of me. I just got baptized and got this prayer language I know nothing about. And nobody laid hands on me. This was just a sovereign thing. I'm like, oh, man. Long story short, I get the left foot of fellowship, leave the Baptist church, you know, get connected to a charismatic fellowship. They begin to train me and teach me in the move of the, of the Holy Ghost and how to ebb and flow and what is the prophetic on your life. And I had a, an amazing woman of God, Sandra Roach. I, I didn't have a spiritual father, I had a spiritual mama. So I love women of God who've paid a price to minister because it's not the norm in a lot of places. So like I honor all the stuff, the blood, sweat, and tears that you had to endure to get here. This is a big deal. And this should be normal. This should not be like a novelty that we come to, oh, she's a woman pastor. This is, that, that thing is coming down. And you will see men and women lead without weirdness about it. And there are powerful women and there are powerful men and there should be places for all of them. But that woman mentored me in the spirit and gave me, gave me opportunities where people may have been prideful or intimidated and wouldn't give me opportunities. The gift that's on my life that's able to go to the nations probably wouldn't have been activated apart from her willingness to steward uh, me and her care. And I'll always honor that. So I went through this season and then, you know, I, we're, we're getting to a place and Ministry's hard. I don't know. We got any ministers in the house? Like I know people have been in ministry for a minute. It's, you know, sounds great, but man, sheep bite hurts, you know? <laughs> We're shepherds, but man, because sheep don't have sharp teeth, they'll just gnaw you to death. It's funny. It's funnier than you think it is. You're just bruised all the time, and people just try to comfort you. You know, stop touching me. It hurts. No. <laughs> but because we were kind of in a, in a, in a paradigm, ministry paradigm. I don't blame people for this. Just people don't know what they don't know. So I don't walk through life wounded. I just, you know, for, you know, Jesus, forgive them for they don't know what they do. If Jesus can do it on the cross. You can do it in whatever's going on in your life. Promise you it's not as bad. Um, <laughs> promise, yeah. Talk about your boundaries. And Jesus was on the cross. I don't see his boundaries of this is my personal space and you can't come here. But anyways, that's a cow to kick over on another day. Um, but I find myself... Um, We'd had some things go wrong, and I don't believe that God is the author of bad stuff in your life. I, I believe that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. But you will face troubles and hardships and trials, and I think it's more about you enduring and seeing the goodness of God play out in the end. But in ministry, we had experienced some things. We didn't have a grid for like how to take care of ministers, so we would overwork ourselves. And everybody was burned out, and because everybody was burned out, nobody was talking to each other, and because nobody was talking to each other, there was a lot of issues going on. Mind you, all the while, I am prophesying accurately over government leaders. We're seeing great breakthrough in our city. There's, there's a reputation about us that God is moving. Presence of God would come, heal people, miracles, signs, and wonders. All of this stuff is happening. Everything you would think that you would want in ministry, my marriage is falling apart behind closed doors. We had a miscarriage that was really damaging to our relationship, and then my wife's father died about a year apart. So I'm functioning as a prophet because the gifts and call are irrevocable. That's why I hit this so hard. I can prophesy so good even if I'm living in sin. 
That's why you don't need to look at somebody, how good they are of a minister, and say, oh, that's their, their, their validation. You need to actually look at the content and the character of their life to see if they mirror Christ. And if the fruit of the Spirit, not the gifts, if the fruit are in operation, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, you need to see that. So I find myself here. Me and my wife are in a really, really rough season. We don't know how to communicate. And it's not just because we don't love each other. It's a, it's, it's a combination. You ever have just stuff come at you in life and you wish it didn't happen, but it did, and here we are? I'm the only person. Sometimes if you knew how to fix it, you would fix it, but it's just not fixable. Sometimes that's when God's about to break into your life. And we would love in a social media generation, I could stand up here and give you my highlight role, but I could tell you that we were in a bad spot. We were saying words that we didn't, we didn't want to say. We didn't know if our marriage would actually even survive the season that we were in. Uh, my, my wife is very pregnant with our second daughter. This wasn't that long ago. And uh, we're having this love Jesus, called to ministry. Both of us, both have calls. Actually heard the audible voice of the Lord told me to marry my wife. Like that's, that's where I'm at. We're there and we're still there. Don't think that the prophetic word of your life will not be tested. You're like, oh, if I had that, it would be so much easier. No, it's actually oftentimes a lot more difficult to have the strong prophetic word. So we're, here we are, and, and I'm like in this last-ditch effort. You know, if you've been in ministry for a minute, you've tried to quit 50 times or better, you know. And I'm like literally there. My marriage is on the rocks. I'm still, you know, people, people don't know. I, you can hide it really well. I put on a mask and minister real good in front of people. And here we are, and inside I'm broken. But I did have a word from the Lord. I was a youth, acting youth pastor at the time. And the Lord told me to go to Global Awakening. Uh, they did a youth camp. They said, I want you to take 10 kids to this nation and do a trip called Youth Power Invasion. And I thought, this will be my noble last act. But I told the Lord, I said, if you don't do something here, I am done. I'm quitting. I'm tired of being in bivocational ministry. I'm tired of giving my life for everybody else, not being able to pay the bills. And my marriage is a wreck. And I might lose everything because I said yes to you. It's not a good attitude, is it? But it's the truth. I would venture to say five or six of you have been there before. But we don't talk about this, and because we don't talk about this, it stays under the surface and people don't get healed and well. Because we talk about everything nobody needs to hear and nothing everybody needs to hear. So I'm going on this trip. It's a 14-day trip. 14 days away from your family, regardless of the state you're in, is tough. And I wasn't traveling like this at this point. And I gave the Lord an ultimatum, and I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, if you don't visit me here, I have history with the Lord. I'm not new to, like, I have history with the Lord's success on offers, but I'm like, I'm, I, if you don't do something... I'm done. I'm not going to walk away from the faith, but I'm done with ministry. I'm doing this, this stuff anymore. Stuff, right? <laughs> and uh, I would fly there. It's a miracle. If you're ever thinking about taking 10 teenagers to another country, don't do it. It's a bad idea. <laughs> I was like the only chaperone. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, customs. Yay! It's not a, yeah. So I'm there, and uh, we're there the first night. We don't even... We don't even, like, we're not even in a meeting or anything, and we get there, and so I told you I was Baptist, I told you I was moving in a charismatic expression, but mind you, the entire time I had been the leader. So there's something about being a leader where you kind of get to set standards and protocols, so things you don't like don't happen, and things you do like happen more often. So dare I say, I might have had a control issue. So there were certain people within charismatic circles that really weirded me out because I thought they were unstable, particularly the ones who'd go, whoa, or you know, those people. You don't know any of those people. So the first night, we, our, our team gets uh, drawn for intercession poolside. And I'm like, oh, God, because I knew who the intercession leader was. And she was a, you know, like one of those ladies. And I was like, I marked her and I was like, stay away from her. I'm already in my mind, like writing letters to parents, you know, like, 
<laughs> like this is, I don't, you know, we didn't know. And here we are. So we're up and the intercession is like actually late at night. So we just flew in and we go straight into intercession. We've had nothing. And uh, Valora is the lady. She's actually a dear woman of God, uh, uh, like a spiritual mama to me. And she's up there uh, now. She's very close to me and my family. And, but she's, she's a different lady. So like if you don't know it's coming, you're going to be a little, if you have anything to offend, it will be offended, particularly in the religious arena. So she's up there. I got all these kids and I'm like, whoo, man, just damage control in my mind. Let's get this over with. I want to go to bed. And uh, we're up on the pool deck on the upper level of this uh, hotel in Honduras. And uh, she starts, she's like, all right, we're going to pray. We're all going to hold hands. And we've been doing this thing in intercession where we just, it's, it's just like we're all going to like hit a tone and we're going to sing that tone. I'm like, oh God, this is new age, right? You know, like, you know, we're going to ring bells and, you know, like run water around the outside of a glass or something. Like what's going to happen? That's me. This is my spirit. Like I'm poised to receive from the Lord, right? <laughs> I'm having fun. So, so we're there and I'm like, oh, and it's like two of my students and me. So, and she's going to start going around, and she goes to my first student, his big linebacker kid, his name's Ray, and she gets to him, she's like, whoa, and I'm like, oh, God. She's like, Ray, there's an angel with you, and I'm like, I'm sure there is, great. And she says, everybody that you pray for, or everybody that I pray for, you're going to pray for too, we're just going to go around and pray for people. I'm like, ooh, man. And like, she gets to the next person, I'm like, oh, man, here, here it's me. Let's, am I going to get fake courtesy fall here? What's going to happen, you know? You guys don't know what a courtesy fall is? It's when you fake. God's not moving, but you feel pressure. Because <laughs> the Lord needs help. Sometimes you've got to push them down. I don't know how that works. When you're a child, you teach people, don't push your friends down. When you come to charismatic church, you're like, push each other down. He doesn't need help, in case you were wondering. I'm joking because it's funny, and people think these thoughts, and I think them all the time. Still, I'm in a lot of meetings. I'm like, that ain't good, but whatever. So she comes around, and she... And I'm like, oh, God. And she was a laugher. I had problems with laughter. Anybody have a little issues with holy laughter? I'm going to tell you real quick, it's real. Yes, it is. I will tell you that. I had problems with the laughter people, and I had problems with the woo people, and she was a woo laughter people person. <laughs> so she comes over, and I'd never experienced it. I'd experienced a lot of things that I would say, wow, that's, that's God. Overwhelmed by tears, by multiple things. And I wasn't like anti it, but I hadn't seen it real, you know, because when you haven't experienced anything, you're the expert on it, right? So you're like, that's, that's not God. That's not God. None of you have ever done that in a service. But here I am, and I'm like, let's just get this over with. And she, she said something. I don't even remember what it was. And she touched my head, and it felt like a Mack truck from heaven hit me on the top of my head. And I'm like, not, I just told you all of that to prove to you. I am not positioned to receive anything from this woman. But I did talk with the Lord. And sometimes our ultimatums that we give the Lord, you got to be real careful with that stuff. And especially the stuff you judge, God will do that to you, I promise. So if you, if you want something to happen, just make fun of it and God will do it to you. But I'm like here and uh, I'm just like, you know, courtesy, whatever. And she touches me and then like literally the heaviest weight I've ever felt in my life hits me on the back of my neck and shoulders and I go, Whoa! And then when I get to here, laughter starts billowing out of my belly from a place that I didn't even know existed. Now I'm pretty, at this point, I'm pretty rigid guy. Like I don't do that. And I don't do that in public, definitely. And I fall over on the ground and I'm like, you know, like a thousand volts is going through my body and I'm shaking under the power of God and I'm laughing and I'm screaming because it hurts because you're like, I thought the Holy Spirit was a gentleman, but he's not. 
you know? And I'm here and I'm shaking and I'm laughing and I'm screaming and I'm writhing under the power of God. And I feel at the same time, I feel the love and presence of God. And all of a sudden, like all the, the clouded thoughts of this is weird. It's like, what is happening to me? And um, this is going on for a long time. And I'm shaking under the power of God. And, and um, what's happening is I'm feeling stuff leave because I had had some bitterness and some resentment and some woundings that I didn't know how to get at. And what was happening is the Holy Spirit was filling me in a fresh way and some demonic ideologies were leaving me. I was receiving deliverance at the same time that I was receiving an infilling. I'm going to stand up so you in the back can see me, but (laughs) I'm down there shaking right then I began to weep just cry just cry like the like cry like the deep you know like that kind of cry and it was like this purging cleansing thing went over my body for two and a half or three hours I couldn't move I lost control of my I had no control and then the the power lifted and I was laying there and I was then your thoughts come back to you're like oh man who saw that were there any cameras happening, you know? What is going on? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get up now because this feels like it's been a very long time. Mind you, we're on a pool deck and there's like a, like a big cord. You ever like have cord and it's got like the cord hump thing so people don't trip over it? Well, I fell on that. So I'm like sore because three hours on a concrete pool deck with that under your back. I didn't realize it in the beginning because I didn't even know what was going on. But then I get, I'm like, oh man. And then I'm like in my mind trying to rationalize and reverse engineer. Did I like knock something out in my back and that's why I can't move? Like what did, what did I do, you know? Like, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit up now and, because this has been enough. And I'm like, all right, let's sit up. And I can't move. I was like, hmm, but I hurt. And I'm like, I'm going to sit up. Mm, one, two, three. Can't move my fingers. Can't move anything from here down. I can blink. I can talk. Can't move. And my student, who was the one with the angel who prayed for me, was somewhere around. I could see him from here. I said, Ray. <laughs> and I'm looking, and I can't see anybody standing, mind you. Like, I, was like, I don't know if everybody just left me or what the deal is. These kids, these ungrateful kids, I just took them all the way to Honduras <laughs> through customs, and they're leaving me to sleep. But then I start hearing, like, giggling here and laughter there. And, and everybody was down. And Ray was up, and I said, Ray. I need you to help me sit up. And he's just laughing at me. He's like, <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, you're ridiculous. I was like, I can't sit up, but this hurts. I need you to help me. And he comes over and I was like, do not let go of me. I, I can't sit up. So if you pick me up and let go of me, I'm going to crack my head open, you know? So like, hold me. And this kid, this kid is six, six, three, six, four, 240, big kid. I'm not that big. <laughs> he's trying to pick me up and he gets me to here and he can't move me. He can't get me because the weight of God is still resting on me. He's like, this is so weird. I should be able to pick you up. And he's trying to like pry his leg. And we had to wait because the presence of the Lord was still on me so heavy. And then finally he props me up with the back of his leg and we sit there and have to sit for a very long time. And I'm like, man, I, I can't, like, I don't think my legs are there. Like, I don't think, I think you're going to have to help me. Long story short, my students carried me to my room that night. And as I got up, the higher I got, the higher I got. I was drunk as a skunk. I had never been drunk in the Holy Ghost. I'd never been drunk in the natural either. I never actually drank. Um, I was Baptist, told you that, you know. Um, so I'd never drank, so I didn't know that. But I am like inebriated to the core. And man, everything was really funny. So I had the laughter before, but it wasn't like a funny laughter. It was like, I can't stop this. Now I'm up and I'm like, man, everything's funny and everything's really good. 
and these men are not drunk as you suppose. And I'm starting, I was like, oh, this is that. This isn't that bad. You know, it's pretty good. But I also look like an idiot the entire time. Long story short, uh, it took three, three of my students carried me. There's a picture of me dragging my feet limply uh, while, while three teenagers carry me to my room. I woke up the next morning, wasn't 100% sure what happened. Breakfast was super awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what, is, what do you tell that story? What's the purpose in that story? I, I went home. After a lot of things, I saw some radical experiences in glory, immediate activation, miracles began to happen, stuff I'd never seen in my life that week. I saw radical miracles that week. Um, I'd had people fall and swoon when I would pray for them. It wasn't uncommon. But I hadn't had people shoot back 10 feet and take out chairs and people before. That was a new experience for me. You're like, what is, what is, what's up with Benny Hinn swinging the coat around? I don't know. But don't laugh at stuff that you don't understand because I'm telling you there's something real to that. I've legit been with Randy where he went like this and I've watched 75 people. As many, as many people are in this room, I've watched them go out under the power of God. And it was not like one of those things where it was like a power of suggestion. It wasn't even supposed to happen. Like there's something legitimate. And I, I got up and what happened was I all of a sudden realized that some things that had been in my life that I didn't know how to get at for years and years and years were not there when I got up. As the, 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 the power of God filled me, the, the, the things that I couldn't get at, I got sovereignly delivered in the same moment. God, I can tell you that when I went home, it wasn't immediate, but God healed my marriage from an unfixable thing. I could tell you that I preached that Sunday when I got back. And as I'm standing, preaching like I had done many other times, I'm just talking, I'm just reading the word. Two women over here, thwomp fall out, start laughing and rolling on the ground. That didn't happen in our church. And while that's happening, everybody's really concerned about it. Two more fell out over here while I'm just talking, hit the ground, start rolling. People start getting hit by the power and electricity of the Lord. And I'm like, something happened. And then all my kids doing the same thing. Like we're talking about teenagers, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, going praying for people in our church. And we are seeing something that we have never seen in our lives because we've experienced something uh, by way of impartation uh, that we've never seen before. And I just bless the Spirit of the Lord on you. This is not uncommon. And what we're used to in the church is neat and together. And God's not concerned with neat or together. But what I'm telling you this morning is that the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And I want you to stand to your feet as just an activation, okay? And I want you to pay attention, like I said earlier, this happens all over the globe. I'm not implying that you need to do anything. I'm not implying that your response needs to be somebody else's response. But if you begin to feel fire in your body, if you begin to feel the electricity of God, if you begin to feel joy bubble up, if you begin to feel peace, if your heart is beating outside of your chest and you're believing God for a fresh feeling this morning, I want you to come forward. No music, no suggestion. I'm not setting a mood. He's either real or he isn't, people. I'm not trying to hype him up. But if you feel the presence of God on you in a way that you recognize, I want you to come up here and I want to pray with you and for you. And I would encourage her, if somebody could help her get up here, I would love to pray for her. But there is no restrictor. I know some of you are scared and skeptical. The worst that could happen is nothing. The best that could happen is the glory of the Lord could crash into your life and change everything. If I could have a couple uh, people from this church help me, that would be fantastic. Don't be afraid. This is not about me. This is about Him. And again, what I said, I'm just going to pray for people. So Lord, we just bless. Just come up here. Just walk up. It's okay. 
Just walk up. Don't be afraid. And just receive from the Lord. Lord, I bless what you're doing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fire of God be loosed right now in Jesus' name. Fire of God be loosed in Jesus' name. You're fine, yeah. I need a catcher with me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Joy of the Lord. <laughs> Be loosed in this place. King of glory. <laughs> of your glory in this place. Fire on him, God. <laughs> Revival fire in awakening. Be loosed in Jesus' name. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Show him that it's real. Show him that it's real. Show him that it's real. Increase in Jesus' name. Increase in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is your time. This is your season. Fire of God. Fire of God be loose. <laughs> oh! Yes, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Fresh anointing to hear the sounds of heaven. Fresh anointing to hear the sounds of heaven. Glory and authority in Jesus' name. I just declare over you that you're going to begin to hear the whispers of God and you will shift the atmosphere with your words and with your declaration that the glory of the Lord is going to be loosed in this place. Fire in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, would you sweep through this place? Holy Spirit, would you sweep through this place even now? Just receive, only receive, only receive. Hallelujah. Peace of God be loosed in Jesus' name. Peace of God be loosed in Jesus' name. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Miracles and wonders. Miracles and wonders. Miracles and wonders. Fresh filling, God. <laughs> Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just increase your spirit, Lord. Just say, come Holy Spirit. It's not me, it's Him. I'm not the giver of the gifts. I'm just in the way. I'm the donkey that he rides in on. Come, Lord Jesus, fire on her in Jesus' name. Whoa. <laughs> fire on her in Jesus' name. Wow. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Put your hands on your stomach real quick. Yeah. Fire in Jesus' name. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. More, more, more. Increase it, God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fire on it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. More, 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 more. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Increase it. Fresh fire. Fresh fire in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 And I would encourage you now, like you don't have to feel anything. If you just want a fresh touch from the Lord, you're free to come up here. Fire in Jesus' name. Fire in Jesus' name. More on them, God. More on them, God. Clarity in Jesus' name. Understanding, wisdom. Put a fire in his belly, God. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. King of glory, would you have your glory in this place? King of glory, would you have your glory in this place? 
Hallelujah. If you're in the back, just begin to pray in the Spirit. Welcome the presence of God and watch it. The glory of God comes in waves, wave after wave, breaker after breaker. Would you pour out your Spirit, God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I see your hands? Thank you, God. God, I bless her. In Jesus' name, increase. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Gifts, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Increase, God. Increase, God. Increase in leadership. Increase in authority. Increase in wisdom and understanding in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Open his eyes to see and his ears to hear what you have for him, God. Hallelujah. 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 Increase it, God. Increase it, God. Increase it, God. Hallelujah. 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 I encourage you to come if you feel the need to come. If you want a fresh, there's nothing. Hallelujah. 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 More, Lord. Increase it now. Fire on her. Fire on her in Jesus' name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Increase prophetic discernment. Increase clarity. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits now in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loose it over her life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Increase it, Father. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Increase it, Father. More on him. More on him. More on him. Show him your ways, God. Show him your ways, God. Show him your ways, God. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Can I pray for you, bro? Is that cool? <laughs> Bless him, God. Increase it. Fire. 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 In Jesus' name. More on him, God. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing to lead, fresh anointing to administrate, fresh anointing to lead, fresh anointing to administrate right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. More on him, God. More on him, God. Increase right now. More. Increase. 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 Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Prophetic being released in him right now in Jesus name. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. More on him, God. More on him, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Him and his household. Him and his household. Him and his household. Yeah. Glory, 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 glory. 
Hallelujah. There's some stuff the Lord did in your teens that He's reminding you of and bringing you back to that it was real, it was legitimate, and it will be increased in the days ahead. You have a grace to extend what's on your life to others. I bless you to bless. I bless you to bless. I bless you to bless. God, thank you for the teaching. Thank you for the teaching. Thank you for the impartation. In Jesus' name, more on Him, God. More on Him, God. More on Him, God. More on Him, God. Yesha ba 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 kishi. More Jesus, increase your presence, increase your fire, increase your glory right now in Jesus' name. God, I bless, God, I bless, God, I bless what you're doing. Bubble up, bubble up, bubble up, spring up, oh well, spring up, oh well. Yeah, 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 we just fan into flames what's already there, God. We fan into flames what's already there, God. More, 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 more. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 He's good. He's good. He's good. Thank you, Lord. Just give Him praise. Just begin to let some form of thanksgiving come out of your mouth. Yeah. We give you glory, honor, and praise because it's due your name. We give you glory, honor, and praise because it's due your name. We give you glory, honor, and praise because it's due your name. Fire fall in Jesus' name. Fire fall in Jesus' name. More. More, more, in Jesus' name. Fire of God be loosed right now, in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name? Amelia. Lord, I just bless her right now, in Jesus' name. Increase, increase on her life. Fresh fire, fresh glory. Fresh fire, fresh glory. Anointing to go and anointing to sow. Anointing to go and anointing to sow. The Lord's about to take you on some, some journeys. There's some places that you're going to go that you've always wanted to go. It's been in your heart for a long time. I hear the Lord say, nations over you. There are nations you've yet to go. And uh, the desires of your heart that He's going to actually lay out before you, but your heart is going to ache for people groups that you've never met. And He's going to use you to implement His glory and His kingdom there. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you, I bless you, I bless you in Jesus' name. More, 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 more. Yeah, fire on her, God. Fire on her, God. More. <laughs> yeah, fire in Jesus' name. Yeah, fire in Jesus' name. Fire in Jesus' name. Fire in Jesus' name. Let's send another wave, God. Wave after wave, breaker after breaker. Wave after wave, breaker after breaker. Wave after wave, breaker after breaker. Yikayayadaraboshi. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. There's something really special and there's something really sweet happening in this room. And it's, it's something that you'll learn is the Holy Spirit doesn't need a hype man. I'm not a Holy Spirit hype man. I just simply preach the facts and let Him do what He's going to do. And the reality is with a great 
baptism with a great fresh filling comes a commission to go and do something with it. And with these moments, there's oftentimes there's angelic activity in the room that come to commission and come to set you on a path to do something. So many of you are going to go into prayer and many of you are going to go into intercession and you're going to see, man, my heart aches for nations or my heart aches for the, the, the neighborhood down the street or, or all of a sudden I have vision and, and stuff that I didn't have before. And, and the Lord is empowering you to go and advance the kingdom everywhere that you go. It's something holy and it's something precious. And it isn't over. It's just simply beginning. Every encounter is an invitation to live and abide in a greater realm, greater plane of existence. Just lift your hands, everybody in the room. Just lift your hands. And you don't have to come up here and you don't have to feel anything to receive an impartation. He's in the room. <laughs> He's in the room. It's so funny. I keep hearing the kids running around upstairs. And... Uh, you know, the, the Bible talks about <clears throat> the sound of a mighty rushing wind. You got Paul and Silas where the place they were meeting shook. I was in Sydney, Australia with Randy and we were in a meeting similar to this. There was a few more people there, but the glory of the Lord sovereignly crashed in. Everybody, there was a couple thousand people there and everybody was plastered under the presence of God. And it wasn't because the message was good. It was just because God showed up, you know. And uh, the, the, the ground and the building we were in literally shook. Um, and you wonder about those things, but it still happens. And it still happens. If I, if I came here to tell you anything, all of it still happens. All of it is normative. It's not, it's not just highlighting. It's just like it, it, it's Sunday today. Tomorrow will be Monday. It can happen Monday everywhere that we go and every continent and every church, regardless of the banner over the, the door or on, uh, on the, the sign or whatever, God shows up. Because where there's hungry people, He'll come and fill. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare over this house a sweeping move of the Spirit of God that miracles, signs, and wonders accompanying every believer. And I declare over every household that at your dinner table and at the bedtime stories that the glory of the Lord will begin to visit your children, that there will be angels uh, ministering in the home, that your, some of your homes are going to be like that, that Bethel, that, that place that I didn't even know this was the gate of heaven and there's ladders with with angels ascending and descending. And I declare over entire households and young children as well that they will experience the glory of the Lord. You need to get ready for a habitation because the Lord's not satisfied with a visitation. So make the preparations. Make the preparations. Make the preparations. Don't hide stuff in the closets. Don't hide stuff in the rooms that nobody goes in because the Lord is about to fill the house. I speak a special grace over the leadership. I speak a special grace over the administration. God, I thank you, Lord, that with good stewardship, there comes increase. So we ask for the increase, God. We ask for the favor governmentally. We ask for the favor in the city, God, that you would begin to open up city councils and that you would begin to open up communication uh, with governors and with mayors and with police chiefs and with fire chiefs. But we just declare that even... Uh, the social work in the area is going to be greatly affected by this house, God. I thank you for supernatural provision. I thank you for favor in the marketplace for business owners in this facility. I bless every house. I bless every house. 
I bless every house. I thank you. And even over the, uh, the, 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 the teenagers that are represented here, I see like a season of visitation where the Lord visits you in your dreams, where He visits. You're going to go to this place and you're going to do this thing and this is going to happen. And it's going to be like in the Bible or go to Straight Street and there's going to be something there. It's going to be that detailed. But the Lord is opening up a grace. And sometimes you just need a fresh filling to break open what the Lord wants to break open. And I declare that today is a new day. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. So we say, Father, yes and amen. We say yes and amen. We say that depression will bow. We say that substance abuse will bow. We say that alcoholism will bow to the name of Jesus. King of glory, would you have your glory? King of glory, would you have your glory? King of glory, would you have your glory? King of glory, would you have your glory in this place? See, one of, one of the uh, awkward things in my life is this happens a lot of places. <laughs> and uh, you don't know where to go from here. But you don't have to go anywhere from here. You just stay, right? So I don't think the Lord's done. I'm glad that you're good with that. So I would encourage you that there, there is a special presence of the Lord. So come and just receive from the Lord. I don't have to talk at you or coach you through it. I, I promise you God's faithful to visit you. But if you just want a fresh touch, just come up here. You don't have, I won't lay hands on you. If that makes you uncomfortable, it doesn't have to happen that way. And I, want, I just want to encourage everyone that's in the room, God has something new and fresh for you today. And I dare you to ask him. You know, like I dare you to cross the chicken line and ask him for like, is this real? Is this even legit? I promise you he will prove himself. He doesn't need my help to get in the way. So um, if we have anybody that's coherent, that's on the worship team that, that can kind of like facilitate us. We, we generally, we go, we go kind of deadpan because we want to prove that it's not the power of suggestion. It's not lights. It's not music um, because it can set a tone. There's nothing wrong with it. But the raw power of God, people sometimes don't believe it's real. And when he just shows up, it proves that he can do it anywhere at any time. That being said, I'd love to worship together in the presence of God. So if we got any worshipers that are good to do that, we're just going to worship and just tarry in the presence of the Lord. If you need prayer or want prayer from me, I'm here till I leave. So um, come get it because I'm going to Tennessee today. So I'll pray for you. I would be happy to. So yeah, God bless you guys. And we're just going to worship and we'll, we'll, we'll go from here. I'm going to grab some gum though. <laughs> Oh. It's good though. I love the guy. They'll fall down for the wrong reasons. Yeah.